Today is the day known as Maga Puja, um, the full moon day in February, um, known as uh, Maga Full Moon. And out of gratitude and respect for the Buddha, we are going to um, take the eight precepts now and make a vow to keep them for one day and we'll also be practicing sitting meditation and walking meditation through the day <coughs> as a way of um, sh- showing our respect to the Buddha and venerating the Buddha through our practice. Namo tassa bhakuvato arahato sama samputassa Namo tassa bhakuvato arahato sama samputassa Today is a very important day in the Buddhist religion known as Maga Puja and historically this is for four particular reasons On that day, uh, the tradition says that the Buddha taught this very special teaching that we know as the Awada Patimoka, very short, succinct verses that summarize the spiritual path. And who he was teaching on that day was a group of his enlightened disciples, all arahants, Practitioners who had followed his path and completely purified their mind from all mental defilements and ended all suffering in their hearts. So they were completely pure and peaceful beings. And they had all come together on that day in the Weluana monastery where the Buddha was staying without any prior arrangement or announcement. Um, just, you could say, through an auspicious coincidence, they all gathered together. Um, without any planning and that night they perform what we call the patimoka the first time a patimoka where the monks sit down um, together pure and recollect their, their rules, their discipline, their moral discipline and this was a particularly pure patimoka because all the monks there were enlightened they had completely finished the spiritual path and ended all their suffering this occasion only happened once in the life of the Buddha. It is that rare. We here all come together today. Uh, we have faith and an interest to practice, and we have a confidence in the Buddha, his teachings, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, those who practice and have realized the teachings. Uh, it's that confidence that brings us to practice in our lives and here in Australia at Buddha <coughs> Bodhiwana Monastery which is a branch monastery of Venerable Ajahn Chah the great forest master from Thailand um, we have an auspicious place suitable for the practice of the Dhamma for the development of meditation so this is a very good chance a good opportunity and a suitable place for us to come to practice together what we call practicing puja venerating and recollecting the goodness of the Buddha Dhamma Sangha through our practice
we should remember that for the Buddha to arise in the world is a very rare thing, a very difficult thing. The Bodhisattva who became the Buddha built up all the spiritual perfections, the parami, over many lifetimes with great difficulty um, until he was able to reach that point of enlightenment and then out of compassion for all beings teach this same path to others. We're remembering that today. The teaching that he gave on Marga Puja, this full moon day in February, um, very short, succinct, Sabha Vapasa Akaranang, meaning abandon unwholesome dhammas. Kusala Supasampada, develop wholesome dhammas. Satchitta Pariyotapanang, bring your mind to purity through cleansing it through the practice, bring the mind to purity and radiance. Etang Bhutana Sasanang. This is the teaching of all the Buddhas. That means that any Buddha that arises in the world will teach in this same way, this same method. It's the heart of Buddhist practice. The reason we have to aim and practice to abandon unwholesome dhammas is because they're the cause of all the suffering we have in life. The Buddha knew this, he could see this through his own practice, that all unwholesome dhammas are the origin of suffering in our hearts, they're the, the root cause. And that's not happened just one life, but for endless lives we've been caught into suffering of different kinds because of the presence of unwholesome dhammas in our hearts. So these have to be abandoned if we're to try and find true peace and happiness. And the way we practice to abandon unwholesome dhammas, we do this on three levels. On the level of our actions, bodily actions, our speech and our mind. Abandoning unwholesome dhammas on the level of our actions means keeping these precepts, undertaking to not take life, not harm or take life other beings, animals, humans undertaking to refrain from stealing, taking what is not given, undertaking to refrain from sexual misconduct and all forms of harmful, abusive sexual behaviour. The second level is on the level of speech. When we practice abandoning unwholesome dhammas on the level of speech, we mean to avoid and refrain from lying or untruthful speech to refrain from speech that is harmful but leading people to dislike each other, hate each other and split into factions. Avoiding and refraining from speech that is coarse and unpleasant to the ear. And uh, refraining and avoiding speech that is frivolous and leads to the loss of mindfulness. The final and most refined level of abandoning unwholesome dhammas is the mind itself. It means abandoning what we call mano tucharita, which means all forms of unwholesome intentions that can arise in this mind. Developing mindful awareness and wisdom to see the unwholesome nature of these intentions and 
let them go, abandon them. That means unwholesome intentions rooted in greed and attachment, unwholesome intentions rooted in payabhata, anger, ill will, unwholesome intentions and thinking rooted in michaditi, that is wrong views and deluded views about things where we misunderstand truth, misunderstand reality. Once we take refuge in the Lord Buddha and we respect his teachings and want to follow the path, then we display this as we did just now. We chant Namo Tassa, Bhagavato Arahato, Sama, Samputasa. That free phrase means that we pay homage, we revere and we respect the truth that the Buddha was pointing to. These words namo also refer to the basic elements of our existence, physical elements of earth and water. Um, so when we're reciting namo, we're actually inclining our minds to just contemplate the very simple fact that this body and our existence is, comes together from these basic elements. We also just recited Bhutang Saranangachami Dhammang Saranang Gachami, Sankang Saranang Gachami. And we did this three times for the first time, the second time, and the third time. What we're doing when we do this is really focusing our mind on this refuge of the Buddha, the teachings, and the Sangha. And this is something we have to do repeatedly, constantly in our daily life to keep bringing the mind back to that which is wholesome and good the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha if we really take refuge in the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha then this can be the beginning of our spiritual growth and all spiritual prosperity and happiness in life because it gives us a foundation and a standard by which we can live by the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha give us a guideline to follow, a way to follow, a way of a teaching to follow in our daily life that will lead to happiness. This way of um, to practice and to develop, this is the second of those short teachings the Buddha gave on the night of Magapuja, Sabha Papasa Akaranang, developing wholesome Dhammas developing this wholesome way of body, speech and mind. We have to see that when we come into this world as human beings and over time we um, end up creating attachments through our own misunderstanding and ignorance and those attachments can cause us suffering and stress in life. You can compare our mind a bit like um, cloth that over time becomes dirty due to the presence of mental defilements that come through wrong thinking, wrong views and attachments. These mental defilements need to be cleaned up just like a piece of cloth needs to be washed. And the way we do that is through developing the good practice, perfecting and developing wholesome dhammas of body, speech and mind. As we know, this means practicing generosity, kindness in our daily life. Lead, means leading a moral life where we're not harming ourselves or others through body, speech or mind. And in particular on occasions like this, 
we come together and increase our efforts in the practice by taking the eight precepts. Normally we might be trying to follow the five precepts as our basic guidelines in practice, but today we've taken the eight precepts as a way of bringing up and increasing our effort. We have to give up when we keep the eight precepts. We don't eat food in the evening so that we have more time for meditation and uh, less of a burden in having to find food, look after that side of things. We uh, make a determination not to uh, listen to music or uh, have entertainments today when we keep the eight precepts. And we don't wear makeup, jewelry and other things. We set all of that aside today and just dedicate ourselves to the practice of Dhamma. We give up these small external happinesses so that we can increase our effort to find the true inner happiness. And keeping these eight precepts for a day can bring great benefit to us, mainly because it helps them to prepare the mind for the practice of meditation and mental development. The practice of meditation is aiming to bring our minds and hearts to a sense of inner peace and happiness. To do this, we need to use an object of meditation. The most common object used is probably the breath. And the Buddha's teaching was that we should sit down, put our right leg on our left, right hand on the left, sit up with a straight back and put forth effort into focusing our awareness on the feeling of the in-breath and the out-breath. When we practice meditation like this, we have to set aside all our other duties, our concerns and worries. And we have to make a firm resolution to just focus all our awareness and energy on the breathing, not let the mind wander off anywhere else. We don't let our bodies move around as we sit. We try to sit in a comfortable, still and balanced way. And just as we have to find a firm, balanced posture of the body, we also have to find a firmness and balance of our mind through continuous effort. If we find the mind is becoming distracted, wandering off to the future, to the past, thinking of different things, we must re-establish our sati, our awareness, and let go of those thoughts. If the distraction continues, then we have to increase our efforts. So one good technique for helping this is by counting the breaths. When we count the breaths to increase our concentration, we mean we count pairs of in-breath and out-breath. One in-breath, one out-breath, we count one. A second in-breath, a second out-breath, we count two. We do this up until five in-breaths and five out-breaths. And then we go back to one again. And then go up to six. Back to one again and then up to seven. Back to one again and eventually we go up to ten fully aware in-breaths and out-breaths. When we've reached ten, then we start all over again, go back to one. The aim of this practice is to get to the point where the mind just knows the in-breath and the out-breath and is not thinking or distracted by anything else. 
it lets go of all other concerns, worries, thoughts it's not bothered by those things it's just focusing very peacefully and mindfully on the breath from this our mind will become stable and firm and one-pointed when we find that it does become one-pointed and concentrated if it retreats from that state pulls back and starts to think then re-establish awareness on the breath or on butho and allow the mind to settle down and become stable again or enter into that state of samadhi again when the mind seems firm and stable and calm when it finally starts to withdraw from that state and thoughts arise in the mind then that is the time to contemplate turn our attention to contemplate this body our physical body and to contemplate it to see that anicca the impermanence the dukkha and the anatta of this physical body that it's a not self it's not really ours it's by developing this wisdom and understanding that we can really purify our minds bring our minds to right view and understanding and this is the last teaching of the Awada Patimoka that the Buddha gave on Marga Puja Satchitta Pariyotapanang bringing the mind to purity and clarity once we are practicing meditation then we have to learn how to deal with the distracted mind or the thinking and the stress that might arise if we find that there's too much thinking and distraction as we're sitting meditation trying to focus on the breathing another method to deal with it is to use our wisdom, our intelligence to contemplate the Dhamma this is where we're using wisdom to give rise to samadhi or state of calm, concentration we can, as we sit we can straight away start contemplating the Dhamma contemplate this body to see that it's not self empty of self and subject to change and an unsatisfactory thing if you're contemplating this body you can observe and recollect how we've come into this world we started as a, an embryo in mother's womb and then over time through uh, feeding, nourishing with um, solid and liquid food coming from the four elements that this baby, this embryo grows up into a baby and then a child, a youth goes into middle age then old age goes towards death when we contemplate this we see that this body is constantly subject to change it's always changing, growing, changing and degenerating as well the hair is changing, it grows up, gets longer, it falls out it changes its colour, goes to, from dark to grey to white, drops out our nails ch change, our teeth are changing they um, get cracked, get chipped, they can drop out our skin is changing from skin of a young person through to the skin of an old person it's always changing this is the aging process or the impermanence of the body that we can contemplate and see for in our, in our mind's eye with wisdom we can also contemplate to see that this body is 
subject to illness, discomfort, pains of different kinds. We can't avoid any of this even if we wish to. Nobody can um, avoid pain, discomfort coming to the body. Nobody can avoid the change that comes to this body. So wisdom is when we accept that this body is anicca, dukkha, anatta. It's impermanent, it's unsatisfactory and it's not ourself. It doesn't, uh, we can't control it. It's not a self that we can control and um, make do what we want. That's the nature of sankhara. Sankhara means conditioned things. And this truth is affecting us all the time since our very first breath when we were born. We are experiencing anicca, dukkha, anatta all the time. So when we contemplate this, we are seeing that this body, this mind is subject to impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and not self, subject to change, subject to dukkha. Because it's changing, it's dukkha, it's unsatisfactory, we can't keep it the same forever. We can't keep it one way or the other. We can't just have pleasant experiences. We have pain as well. We can't just stay young. We get old as well. So it's, it's in, in its nature, this body is dukkha. It's unsatisfactory. Every day we get hungry because of the lack of food. When we've eaten food, we digest it. We get hungry again. And this is dukkha. Every day we experience little pains, sometimes very unpleasant, big big pains and this is dukkha. Illness is dukkha. This body is the source of all illness. It's the source of all dukkha and suffering. When we contemplate like this, then it leads to a sense of detachment. It's no longer such an important thing, something to be infatuated with because we're seeing the truth. We see that this body is made up of the four elements, the earth element, the fire, element, the water element and the air element. And these elements come together for a temporary period and then break up and separate again at death. When you contemplate this you can see really that it, they are empty of self. There's no self in the four elements, there's no self in the air, in the heat of the body, in the moisture and liquid of the body or the earth solidity of the body. There's no self there. All of those arahants who gathered together on this day, Marga Puja, in the time of the Buddha, they had seen these truths and understood them. They had seen the Anicca Dukkha Anatta of the five candas, this body and this mind. They had no delusions left, no doubts left about that. So they had no more attachment, no more anger and no more delusion. Their minds were peaceful and pure. When we contemplate like this, we are giving rise to these same states of peace and purity. So we begin by using our thinking mind. We direct it to contemplate these truths in a wholesome way, using mindfulness, using wisdom. And this can help us when we are finding it difficult in meditation, when we find our mind is very distracted, thinking a lot. If we direct it to the Dhamma, to the truth like this, then it can help us to calm the mind down and bring it to a state of calm, concentration. So we can see that meditation can develop in both ways. 
by just directing the mind to the meditation object and learning to focus on that one object what we call samatha meditation and also learning to bring the mind to peace through contemplation to develop understanding we can develop our meditation in both these ways and sometimes we do it alternating when we practice walking meditation today we can do it in the same way we learn to develop mindful awareness by putting our attention on our feet as we walk back and forwards on our walking path we put our attention mindfully on the feeling of the feet touching the ground and we can recite the word buddho as we walk right foot down bud right left foot down do buddho buddho when we practice walking meditation today try to keep your body in a calm restrained way and cast your eyes downwards just put your eyesight a few meters in front of you on the walking path don't look around and let yourself get caught into distraction or thinking about other things when we practice walking meditation then we practice calming the mind and reflecting on these same truths that i've been talking about we can do it around the upasato hall here at buddha bodhiwana monastery or any part of the grounds uh, down towards the kitchen is okay but try to see that whatever posture you're in whether sitting walking um, any time of the day today that you're developing the eightfold path all the different factors the path you should be developing together 